Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Time all game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of Pick and Pod. I'm Chris Persiain, and joined in the wonderful WFUV studios by Will Grant and Will Jing. We're going to talk today about some of the latest storylines in the NBA. Of course, we'll conclude by buying and selling contenders these we have so many teams that are just seem either on the bubble of contention or maybe are contenders and we don't see it uh, we definitely have a lot to talk about there before that though uh, there's a situation unfolding in the western conference guys that i think we just have to touch on um you know we talk about number 1 picks we talked about first round picks just earlier how you know there's a certain level uh, of greatness expected, you know, a certain level of determination, willingness to work with your team. If you're a first-round pick, obviously you're going to have expectations. And there is a first overall pick in the NBA right now that is as good as MIA um, to his team. <laughs> you know, Zion Williamson spends his time training, rehabilitating, whatever, at the Nike facilities in, in Oregon. Um he got criticized on national television by J.J. Redick, a Dookie, a former CAA client, a former New Orleans Pelican at the time that Zion was on the team, and, and someone who told Zion when they were on the same team that he needed to be a better leader. Well, Redick went on and on first take, and he, he got his takes off about how Zion's leadership or, or lack of it has been flat out unacceptable. Um, Zion Williamson responded by making two Instagram stories in the last couple days with photos of him and his teammates. You know, one, one was just a random repost of Pelicans highlights from the month of December, I think. And the other was a repost of Billy Hernan Gomez's Instagram post in which they were picking Zion up (laughs) and he lobbed him. He lobbed Zion the biggest alley-oop. Zion could say anything, and he just goes, my dogs. <laughs> like, man, this guy is, like, uh, memeing the entire NBA right now. Uh, you know, just the furthest thing from a leader. I mean, CJ McCollum got asked live on a microphone at NBA All-Star Weekend if he had spoken to Zion, like, over a week after getting traded to the same team he plays for, and he said no. He said no. Like, that's ridiculous. I don't know how you guys feel about this. Well, it's certainly unsettling being in C.J. McCollum's shoes, uh, being being a, a player who is, you know, a, a good a good solid player, a number two guy, uh, hoping to be number two to Zion, I, I assume so. And basically he's walking into this with, you know, not even meeting the number one player, not the number one pick, the one of the best players people thought two or three years ago would be uh, insatiable in the NBA last year he did have a, a really good stint he had like 26 points a game for a little while uh, he really put on but at this point when he's not playing and you don't really know why 
it's uh, it's not good for leadership. And I can't really myself call him out or anything. I've never been in the position of an NBA player, an NBA captain, um, uh, certainly not an NBA number one pick. But uh, it just seems from the outside looking in that this is very unprofessional on Zion's part, and it's really not going to contribute on the floor, uh, to, you know, well. What do you think? Yeah, um, I feel like this is not going to be the most, um, I guess, how do I put this? It's not going to be the most entertaining thing, but I think there's two ways to look at this. On one hand, it's like, we're not a part of the Pelicans. We're not, you know, NBA players. We don't know exactly what's going on. We don't know what it would be like to be in their shoes. So that's in Zion's defense. You know, maybe he's just focused on rehabilitating whatever. But at the same time, on the flip side, you know, looking at it from a leadership standpoint, I don't know how much longer Zion's going to be looked at as somebody that's a top guy if, you know, this is the way he's conducting himself. And, um, you know, if it is the way J.J. Redick and C.J. McCollum have painted it to be, you know, it, it's not a good look for Zion and we haven't really seen much from him at all. That that's the other concerning thing. Exactly, man. I um, was just about to say, you know, he had you know, there, there's jokes about yeah, there, there's jokes about him, you know, just sitting down and eating, you know, all over social media. Like, is that true as well? Because that could compound to the situation. And I think we can't really make any clear cut statement on or um, conclusion on what's going on right now. But I think the best way to to decide for uh, i mean from us as as fans from our standpoint what's really going on is to see how they come out of this you know because yeah i mean he's drinking a ton of mountain dew who knows what's going on in that belly man you're about to you're about to have me crying behind the board dude i can't <laughs> <laughs> the thing with zion is that when you average 27.4 points per game in your sophomore season in the nba on really good efficiency and nobody gives a crap a year later because you are nowhere to be found is unheard of. Like we just haven't seen situations like this in the NBA. Um, before we, before we move on, I, I'd want to ask quickly, just go around and, and get your guys' thoughts. Cause I think this topic is like actually ridiculously important. Do you think that this Zion situation um, is a symptom is, you know, or the chicken and egg thing, like with, with the player empowerment era we're in today, um, you know, we saw Eli Manning in 2004 just say he did not want to get drafted to a team and they worked it out. Zion did not do that with New Orleans. You know, we're in this era of player empowerment where guys just get drafted places, they get paid, and then they request their trade and get out. Um, how do you guys feel about, like, and an, like a, there is a sports league right now in which a player, like, <laughs> like you know, Ben Simmons, Zion, these guys are just not fulfilling their contracts because they don't feel like it. Okay. And it's, I don't know. In some ways, you have to really respect the power to the player. Um, oh, not, for sure. Not, yeah, no, not let these owners and, you know, uh, these billionaires control them and do what they want. But at the same time, it, it, it really just gets to be a point where you're just kind of like, what are we doing here? I, I think a lot of players look at Kyrie Irving and really look up to him. Uh, his game is obviously fantastic. But, I mean, you know, the way that he's handled stuff off the court in the past few years, it just makes you think, I mean, uh, well, I'm in the NBA. I'm invincible. I could do whatever I want. I could tell them whatever I want. I could play whenever I want. I could do this. So, you know, when people are looking up to players like Kyrie, who are honestly just out there, you know, doing their thing and not really for the team or anything, they don't really, they don't really care. They're kind of like, oh, I was the number one pick. I went to Duke just like Kyrie. I can do this. I can do what I want. I can drink <laughs> Mountain Dew. 
I can go to Oregon and you know just work on my game by myself. So I I think it's hard to you know distinguish whether it's between the chicken or the egg, which one comes first. But I think that Kyrie Irving has definitely set a precedent in this league that has been followed by few, um, and those few are really destructive to their own team. I think it's not really as as much of a chicken and an egg situation as much it is um, a player by player situation because. Um, in some cases, you know, the um, like, I believe, I don't remember exactly if this is earlier this season or last season, like the situation with Andre Drummond, where he was completely disrespected by, I believe, the Cavs. Like, that's a situation where it's like, you know, the team is just essentially abusing their power. But in a situation like, you know, um, again, we don't really know the, the intricate details of situations like James Harden and Ben Simmons, but... I would have to assume, you know, just based on what we know, that p- part of at least one of those situations goes on the player. So I think um, you can't really make a conclusion for every situation. It's more of a situation-by-situation basis on whether the player should have more power or whether they need less power. Hmm. For sure. Definitely, definitely a um, a line to toe here. It's a tough conversation to have. And it's one that is not our problem in, in relation to the people who have literally hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. So I am very glad. I'm very glad we have no stake in this <laughs> we race. Are, we are not one of those people because there is a whole lot at stake here. And sure. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, you know, owners and, and teams, you know, maybe making some money. I, I, I know. I know one way for a team to 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 be successful financially is to win a championship, you know. So I think it's time we uh pivot a little bit over to our final segment. It's going to be a little game show. Got a little game show going on today. We are going to be buying or selling NBA contenders. Now, we're going to start with the speed round. We're going to go around and everyone's going to do these first two teams at once. We're going to go the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. Buy or sell? And after that, we get into the real nitty-gritty. I want to go over to the Eastern Conference and Excellent. talk about some of these teams that are, are really up in the air. So, Will, Grant, let's start with you. Suns and Warriors, buy or sell? Suns, I'm, um, I'm not going to touch them. I'm, I'm just going to let them be because, honestly, they're very hot right now. I know they're the number one team in the league record-wise. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got somebody in their conference who I think is a lot better than them. I'm going to pivot over to Golden State Warriors real quick. It wasn't too much on the Suns, but you know the Suns. If you watch the Suns, you know the Suns. They got a ton of different players doing their own thing, but at the end of the day, I think that they just cannot out the Golden State Warriors out in the Bay because they have the two greatest shooters of all time. They have one of the best young cores I've ever seen in my life, and um, Kevin Kevon Looney has really grown into himself this year, and he, he he's just fantastic. He's grabbing boards, he's getting he's scoring points, but at, also at the same time you got to rely on those other two that are going crazy. Also, Gary Payton is the smallest enforcer the league has ever seen. Uh, he's just playing terrific. Kuminga, that smaller group, like I said before, Pool Pool is fantastic. Never bet his under on threes. You will cry all night. Um, so that's my two. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, for me, I think I'm going to have to say it, it really depends on Chris Paul. Um, I think that's going to determine essentially who comes out of the West and how he comes back. Because when the when the Phoenix Suns are going, they can go. But hey, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Will, on the two greatest shooters. I'm going to have to take Ray Allen over Clay Thompson any day of the week. But All right. of course. That's you know, fair. 
It's they're, fair. They're Fine with that. Of, Fine they're still that. two of the greatest shooters in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Steph is in a slump right now, yep. obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, the Warriors' depth, I mean, it's just it's unmatched. Crazy. Yeah. You, they have, in the backcourt, right, you got Steph and Clay already. Then coming off the bench, it's Gary Payton. You got um, Moses Moody. And I believe they have that one other shooter, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, yeah. I mean, then you move over to the front court. You got, I think, Kaminga, right? Yeah. You got Draymond Green. Um, James Wiseman hasn't come back yet. They have Kavon Looney. I mean, they just have death for days. They can. They really do. They can afford to lose guys, and you know, I don't think the Suns are the same way. You know, with Chris Paul, without Chris Paul, they're they're an entirely different team. Hmm. So I think. I think if Chris Paul comes back firing and they're firing all cylinders, I'm going to take the Suns coming out of the West. But if Chris Paul does not do that or they have some kind of other injury setback, I'm going to have to take Golden State. Fair enough. Now I know the exception to the rule can't be the standard. But the Phoenix Suns played a basketball game yesterday without Chris Paul, and Devin Booker had 25 points, 12 assists, and six steals. Now, 25 points and 12 assists for Booker. That makes him the first Suns player with a 25-point, 10-assist, 5-steal game since Jason Kidd in 2001. Uh, Book is really good, and I think he's an underrated playmaker simply because, you know, Chris Paul came in and, and became the ball-dominant guard there. I actually like the Suns' shot to stay afloat with campaign at the helm, um, and I do want to say that I'm buying them through the rest of the year and and to the playoffs I mean I think this team is built in in literally just like textbook fashion like elite guard Chris Paul elite wing Devin Booker elite big DeAndre Ayton you've got three and D guys Macal Bridges Jay Crowder helping you out they just acquired Torrey Craig another three and D wing he's six nine he can shoot he can play small ball five I mean perimeter defense it's all there I, I like this Suns team and I'm with you guys on I, I'm with the the pro Warriors takes you know this this team is is built really well especially compared to last year's team which didn't seem to be the best mix of guys in regards to who can thrive in that read and react system there um, but I really like what they've done this year now let's move into that Eastern Conference we'll just go one squad at a time here Throw it around, go and give our quick thoughts, and move on to the next one. We've got five teams to get through. Let's start with the defending champs, Milwaukee Bucks. Do you guys like their chance to run it back? Frauds. No. Yeah. I don't, really? I, I don't like them running it back at all. They narrowly won last year. Wow. Um, they barely got by a Hardenless and Irvingless uh, Nets team. Uh, Kevin Durant single-handedly almost ruined their season if his big toe wasn't so ginormous and got on that line. At the Barclays Center, great game, by the way, Game 7. Um, Fantastic. But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway. No, that was real. Was, that was real good. That was probably the best game I've ever seen at the plate at the Barclays Center. Uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the I don't think Milwaukee's legitimate. I don't think that they're going to run it back. I think Giannis is a, a much better shooter this year. Um, but at the end of the day, I really don't think they are. I haven't watched too much of them, so I can't speak too highly, like too critically on them. But uh, you know, I'm gonna go now. I'm in the middle about Milwaukee. Um, it really depends on you know how Kyrie does in his return. But I'm gonna have to say, if I had to take a guess, I would definitely take um, the Nets or possibly some of the other teams over the Bucks. They obviously have Giannis, who's one of the best players. You could argue he's a top three player in the league, maybe even the best. But I mean, 
I just don't I know that they're a deep team. They got a lot of good pieces. But at the same time, you know, like the other will mention, they barely beat the Nets last year. I don't see them doing it again with you know, the Nets are coming out with I know we're gonna go over the, the other teams, but you know, the Nets, the Sixers, they're all better than they were last year. You got the Bulls, the Heat, you know, they're in the picture as well. The Cavs are in dark horse, so I don't I don't think the Bucks are gonna make it back to the finals this year. Fair. It is indeed fair. I like them, though. I like Milwaukee's shot. I think, again, you know, you have a, a really great guard in Holiday. You have an elite scoring wing in Middleton. And you've got the best player in the entire National Basketball Association. Number one, king of the hill. There's not a player in the league right now that is better at ball-in-hoop game than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Nikola Jokic making it hard this season with the, with the games he's putting together to, to say that easily, but Giannis has, has been top dog for me since the playoffs last year, and I am not going to shoot down his shot of running it back. I mean, we already see him. This kid has potentially the greatest resume ever of a 25-year-old. Like, if you look at LeBron's resume when he was 25, I I really think you can argue Giannis's is better right now, and that is terrifying. Um, me, I'm just so scared of that guy. He's so good. He's adding like that mid-range step back now too. Like we are so screwed. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I like I like Milwaukee. Next up, this one's gonna be. Um, I think this one's gonna be interesting. We got the number one seed in the entire Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat. How do you all feel? Uh, I actually got to go see a Heat game um, a few weeks ago out in Miami, and they looked pretty good. They were down early at the beginning, but, um, you know, Tyler Harrow really went off that game, and uh, I have a lot of confidence in him. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry as well, excuse me. Um, he's he's a great facilitator. I think he's really coming to his role towards the, uh, towards the latter half of the season. Um, so I, I like them going, but I don't think they're going to go past the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, either either lose the the round before or lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they're legitimate either. I think they're, again, just like Will said, they're a top team. They're obviously the first seed in the East right now, but I don't I don't even think honestly that they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, amongst Milwaukee, Philly, and the Nets, I think all three of those teams are honestly better than the Heat. So, you know, I mentioned the Bucks aren't going to make it past the Eastern Conference Finals to the Finals. But for the Heat, they're a great team. I love Jimmy Butler, but I don't see them making it past the semis. All right, man. I I think Miami, you know, it's it's tough. They're built, again, they've got probably the best coach in the league. You know, talking yeah. about Giannis being the best player, they probably got the best coach and Eric Spolstra. Um, but here's why I'm selling on the Miami Heat. Tyler Hero looking as good as he does this season is really good for them long-term. But right now, that's a problem, and here's why. He is the only player on that team that is a consistent mid-range threat on volume. It's why he gets so many shots from there. It's why he's seen as being far better than guys like Jordan Poole or Tyrese Maxey. Um, and the reason for that is because of the volume of shot attempts from the mid-range he gets. I mean, that kid gets to cook, and it's because nobody on that team can besides him. 
that's really cool for Tyler Hero that he's able to step up into that role and kill it. But when it comes to playoff time, floor shrinks, game slows down, that ball really starts pounding. I do not think that that offense is going to be smooth sailing in regards to staying afloat. I think their defense is going to keep them in games an entire series. But their offense, I'm genuinely concerned about the type of looks they're going to create. Um, And and I'm just scared we see like a Duncan Robinson brick fest and Jimmy gets seven assists and nine boards, but seven points and like eight turnovers or whatever. Like I just, I think that that offense, I know Spo is really adaptable. A team with someone like Joel Embiid and now James Harden, not to spoil my take on them for later, but they are going to shut you down. Fair enough. Uh, Philadelphia, I think they're... Their odds got boosted a ton to win the championship, but uh, you for know, sure. I I don't know if they have what it takes in them. But you want to head there next? You want to you want to buy and sell stock on them next? Are we doing that or, or you want to just we'll go? We'll go, we'll go right into yeah. Philly. Let's go right into Philly. That's what I was. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm buying Milwaukee. You're buying I'm, Milwaukee. I'm selling Miami. Selling Miami. The Philadelphia 76ers. I just hinted at. I'm buying. I'll buy them. Yeah, I'll buy them. Are they on sale? Listen, uh, it, right now with the uncertainty, you might be able to get like a you know maybe you know, like a three show for them two, they got, three for two rate or something. Okay, you know? all right, not bad. Yeah, I'll take them. Um, I, I I like James Harden's game, uh, you know, and uh, Joel Embiid is just a just an animal right now. So we're gonna. Yeah, I mean Joel Embiid, he's playing like uh, I I wouldn't go as far as saying that he's the best player in the league but right now he's playing the better than anyone else in the league you now. you I think I think the following statement can be true Joel Embiid is not the best player in the NBA right now semicolon Joel Embiid is the MVP of the NBA right now absolutely hmm. and when you add James Harden to that equation now we haven't seen them <sighs> play together yet they're you know Harden's making a six or debut tonight but when they start running that pick and roll on other teams, it's going to be devastating. So I'm definitely buying on the Sixers. Harden is still picking apart pick and roll defenses, man. Like that guy, when he gets in a PNR with freaking Bruce Brown, he was doing a good job. He now has potentially the most dominant big man in the NBA on the same team as him. And then, in case you forgot, Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris are also employed by that basketball mm. team. I mean, they're going to be good. Next team up, I want to wrap this up. <laughs> I want to uh, finish up this episode, but we got to do the other side of that Harden trade. Where are you guys on the local Brooklyn Nets? Um, right now it's it's hard to watch, but you know, ultimately, if they can get Kyrie, if these uh, sanctions can get lifted for you know the vaccine and everything, I can really see a Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant duo take them to the finals and really just win it. Uh, I really think that people have forgotten about them, but the matter right now is getting to the playoffs, and if they're going to want to go to the playoffs, they're going to need to start winning games, and they're going to need to start playing and get everybody healthy, and right now, what we're seeing right now is horrendous. What do you think, Will? Uh, I think, you know, again, it looks like Kyrie's going to be able to play home games soon, and when that happens... um, the rest of the East is in trouble because now you got Kyrie, KD, and so long as Ben Simmons doesn't, you know, destroy them from the inside, I'm gonna have to buy on them because I know I just said Joel Embiid is not the best player in the league, but he's the MVP. I'm telling you, Kevin Durant is the best player in the league right now. And when it comes going, to playoff I'm going time, Joker. When it comes to playoff time, I think Luca. I think KD is gonna, you know, 
potentially be playing better than Joel Embiid. Okay, fair. We you know, we saw what he did to the Bucks last year. We know so. how important the mid yeah. range is in the playoffs. We were just talking. He about He actually it. torched the Bucks last year. <laughs> like, yeah, but Chris Middleton beat the Nets by himself in that game six, and that's why things ended up how they did. So that, that was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, for me with Brooklyn, uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and buy them, and the reason for that is because I think their stock is is as low as it's gonna get right now. Um, you're acquiring Ben Simmons, a guy who struggles to shoot the ball or create isolation buckets, and you're playing him next to, oh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I know that trading James Harden for Ben Simmons, in theory, is not exactly the most genius of transactions, but when you're getting back first-round picks, I can tell you guys right now a little bit of pick-and-pod inside scooping. Um, that at that trade deadline, when Brooklyn got those first-round picks, they went out right away and, and called the Detroit Pistons. They were interested, interested sorry, in Jeremy Grant. So, you know, obviously it doesn't seem like Brooklyn is done making moves. I know we're only talking about the rest of the season, um, but I just like how this team is set up. I think if KD and Kyrie are your guys, James Harden was always just a 2K idea. Um, ben Simmons, easily a better fit. And if you can go ahead and use those first-round picks you got, maybe move that uh, some contracts you don't like, that Joe Harris contract. Maybe you move off Nick, Nick Claxton and Joe Harris with the picks. In the offseason, maybe you get a Miles Turner. You know, And I, I think that team is heading upwards, even though I despise the Brooklyn Nets with all my heart. Um, I, I really do like where, where they are and where they, how they're set up. So that is going to be it. Those are your top teams right now in the East and West. We did exclude the Chicago Bulls, um, who I will sneak in here that I'm selling because they don't have a rim protector, and that's, like, deathly important in the playoffs. But did get some great discussion in on a lot of these contenders in the NBA, which is coming back. You know, it was back last night, but we are here on Friday now. Fully back from the All-Star break. The New York Knicks are back tonight. They play the Miami Heat. And as always, we'll continue to have you covered on this NBA season here on Pick and Pod, a production of WFUV Sports. Thank you all for listening. For Will Jing, for Will Grant, I'm Chris Persianen signing off. Bobby Chiafardini is the director of WFUV Sports.